You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, good welcome. Good welcome is a new phrase I'm using. I just made it up then. Good welcome, my bride chiller friends. Alicia here. (laughs) I'm the idiot and also founder of Bride Chiller. (laughs) If you're new to the show, this is what you're going to get. So strap yourself in. Uh, This is a wedding planning podcast, but also a life planning podcast. I'm expanding my horizons and opportunities. And uh, today on the show, I'm not even going to dick around. I'm going to go straight to it because I'm so excited about chatting to today's guest. Look, I am always excited, but today I'm particularly excited because Lucy Sheridan, you can hear her little giggle in the background, which is very nice. Lucy Sheridan has a lovely accent and a lovely attitude towards life. And she is going to join me today. I'm talking about you, but I haven't introduced you to Lucy. This is how I roll. Right, dull. <laughs> Lucy, I... oh, good. I like a big entrance, is what I appreciate. <laughs> Lucy, look, fuck it, we're, you're here now. Um, you are. You have been recommended to me by a number of people and it's very exciting, especially when it comes to today's topic because this was a conversation that came from our Facebook group called the Chiller Grads. This is a group of, we call it graduating when you've married mm-hmm. your person and yeah. then you're just going, oh, what the fuck do I do with my life now? I'm not planning a wedding. And uh, the conversation happened and it, someone said, you got to get Lucy on to talk about this topic. Yeah. So firstly, Lucy Sheridan, welcome to the show. Thank you. If everyone can imagine the aforementioned double backflip now, that'd be great. Here I am. <laughs> and shall I do a <laughs> Was that the weirdest intro you've ever received? Because it's I haven't really weird. said who you are or what you do. I've just sort of prattled on and it's all right. you. Um, Lucy, you are the comparison coach. You have been recommended to me by our lovely mutual friend, Sarah Powell, who I must say was on episode 326 of the show and she's a fucking legend. I love her so much. She's like a glass of champagne, Sarah, isn't she? Like even being around her is just like a tonic and she really is. It's interesting. Like I have a lot of conversations about like authenticity online and that kind of thing. And Sarah will be the same on Instagram as she would be if you were out for dinner or you bumped into her in like the Tesco self-checkout. Like Tesco is <laughs> like a big grocery store in the UK if you're listening um, yes, outside good. the UK. Um, but it, you know, if you bumped into that, she'd be just the same. She is such a beautiful person inside and out. I, when I met her in real life for the first time, I was like, oh, we're best friends. Oh, and yeah. uh, didn't self-formally yeah. adopted. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm in. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> And look, we we discussed her. We discussed the the sort of challenges of choice and mm-hmm. how choice is stressful. And I'd highly recommend if people are interested in listening to that episode to go back and listen. Yeah. Lucy, I, I've been following you on the Insta mm-hmm. and uh, on the socials, and I know we've got a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to looking at comparison yeah. and social media. But I should say before we start. I haven't even asked you who you are and what you do. I'm just oh, so excited. That's wonderful. I am Lucy Sheridan. I'm the world's yes. first and only comparison coach, which doesn't leave me a lot of wiggle room on LinkedIn. If I'm tick, <laughs> I am going to say that. But um, my work, and if I can be so bold, yes. my, really, my, my life mission is to help people stop comparing themselves to others. And uh, when they put me in the ground, like my vision is that hopefully I will have helped a million people. So that's kind of what gets me up in the morning. It oh. is super niche, but interestingly, with the taboo now dissolving, 
we can look forward to more open conversations. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about comparison, not just through social media, because it was around before and it'll be around post a social media age, if indeed we um, any of us are here to see that, fingers crossed. Boy, um, bye. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it affects us not just outside social media. Excuse me, when we connect with social media, it affects us in other ways too. And I'm kind of like obsessed with helping people get over it because it's been such a weight for me to carry in my own life so yeah five years in now not bored still banging the drum (laughs) I love it and it's such a relevant topic to what we are talking about today and also just I suppose as you said taking that into our external lives and I say external outside of the wedding world where we are just sent so many messages all the freaking time about whether that's other people on social media advertisers it's like you can't go anywhere without thinking oh fuck am I not good enough oh yeah Yeah, that's exactly it and it's interesting you say about the messages and the choice anxiety as well because it might be that for me because I um, I got married a few years ago and I didn't necessarily have like a scrapbook or a vision or anything so that made all the options and choices really intimidating I know I've also got pals that were kind of looking forward to and building up to the day for quite a long time it was something that has held held a special place in their imagination special place in their hearts really Mm. and even they were starting to get confused with where to start because of the choice as well. So if you're feeling it, it's real. It's not because you can't handle it or you can't get yourself together. It's because it is confusing and it is overwhelming. Yeah. So much, so much coming at you at once and you just sort of go, what am I supposed to do? And really, as as all my listeners know, I just bang on about it. Just being a party, it's a lovely party but you're just party planning. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, I also think the measure, we, um, I'm, I'm part of a big Irish family and we had a big, we had a situation where everyone we invited said yes. So you know where <laughs> that 20% um, gap you think you've got for shuffle room to get other people off the bench? Not with the nope. Irish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nope, I didn't go sense. with us. Oh, dear me. Um, they don't play by those rules. Yeah, exactly. So everyone said it, which was brilliant. But yeah, it was, it was a lot to, it was a lot to take in and I remember you know lots of people have opinions and Al and I my husband started saying you know we're the ones at the front and as long as we're okay that's it oh good that's good on you Al because that's that's good advice yeah totally and I think as well it's remembering that in your wedding party where you've got one you know witness or you've got eighty-five thousand bridesmaids it's remembering it's their job to pick up the slack on the day if anything goes wrong there's no way you'll know about it there's just no way you'll know about it, which is a relief, actually. Yeah, you just got to enjoy it. That brings us to today's topic. I wanted to kick today's show off with a bit of a um, topic, as I said, was mentioned in the Chiller Grads group. Mm-hmm. And it really, I don't know, it really floated my boat and also made me realise even after 350 plus episodes yeah. of this show, there is so much more to talk about yeah. outside of just wedding planning. Yeah, totally. So Bride Chiller Uh, graduate Abigail wrote, hey, I think it would be great if you could do an episode on post-wedding coping. Mm. It seems to be a trend among us graduates and I think it would help a lot of future bride chillers to have a heads up. Mm. Recently, I've been noticing a lot of these kinds of issues amongst myself and fellow chillers, depressive feelings relating to the big event and or the planning being over. Then issues like identity, name changing, role changing issues, post-wedding nightmares and negative memories crowding out positive ones. And that was just, Lucy, like a moment for me because I was like, 
man, there's so much to unpack here, but also so much to say when it comes to this topic of having all these other things happen because people finish the wedding plan and you're like, all right, fine, I'm going to live happily ever after, which we know is a complete load of bollocks. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think, Lucy? Well, I mean, this is a lot to say. I know we've covered a lot of points in that in that post, but mm-hmm. the feeling after wedding for a lot of people is relief. And then uh, it can be like, oh, shit, that's over. That was that's went so quickly. It was really fun, but now it sucks because I haven't got a party to plan anymore and I haven't got the attention on me or I don't didn't want the attention but that I enjoyed it. There's a lot to process emotionally. It's such a lot. And I think that's why the, the, there's so much to say on this, but I want to challenge myself to try and get down to some essentials that I think will be as potent as possible. The first one, and I know I'm in danger of sounding like a platitude, but I'm not going to apologize for that because I think this is really important. Mm. You must allow yourself to feel everything you are feeling. Because of course we'll share tips and advice and how to you know get back into it and well how to approach this new chapter that comes with um, obviously post wedding day, but the inclination and almost the knee jerk reaction so many times when we're faced with like difficult emotional emotional feelings really it's like mm. how do I think myself out of this what do I need to do whereas mm. my invitation to each of us is to just feel it be really kind and really compassionate with ourselves as part Mm -hmm. of it because it's not because you're weak and it's not because um you know you're being emotionally unstable you know not there's anything wrong with either of those things it's about just allowing yourself to have the experience it needs to be and the reason why is if you don't meet it then even if it's in a gradual way it will Mm. come and bite you on the ass down the line Mm. and happen I've seen it happen before you know you'll push a door instead of pulling it and you're like I can't even open doors now you know <laughs> a bit like that yeah exactly I get a bit like that when I've got PMT to be honest mm, me too. Like, oh, I can't even make a cup of tea how am I supposed to live on planet earth but anyway not my therapy session but I do think it is important to allow yourself to feel however you want to feel and talk about it to those that you feel like you can trust that aren't going to kind of be like, oh, just get over it. Oh, we had a great day. Oh, you know, haven't you had enough fun? Because it mm. is, it's such a big climax. You know, some people have been working up to the day itself for a couple of weeks. For some people, it's been years in advance. You know what some venues are like? They want the deposit like 18 months before. They do. Even sure, you've just got to get on with it. Um, so if there's going to be, there's going to always be a reaction from that too. So I think the most important thing is allow yourself to feel what you need to. and. Now, some of us will be over the hump in terms of, um, well, we've had our wedding, actually. So we're a couple of weeks, maybe down the line or even months, and it's not um, it's not going away. Well, this then, I think, provides the invitation to be gentle with yourself and allow yourself to kind of release those feelings and start to look gradually in your own way to what this new chapter looks like for you now. Like, what does it actually look like? Because what's great about getting married is lots of things in our relationship and in our lives stay exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm still going to leave my wet towels on the floor. I've been doing it since I was 15 and no one's going to have me. Lucy Sherry. You know I mean? Yeah, I'm like, come on then, mum. Mum couldn't make me change them. My husband certainly can't. Um, <laughs> so, like I say, some things will change and some things won't. And so it's allowing yourself to take with you everything that felt good and that is still aligned with you from life before you got married and welcome it through the doors with you into this new chapter. Because I think where some of the discomfort or unsettled feelings can come from is this idea that almost like an axe has fallen. And Mm. that we talked about, um, you mentioned in kind of the um, brilliant 
question and an area that Abigail posed to us around this is, you know, there are identity questions that can come up. So it's kind of allowing yourself to meet those and make sure you're choosing them, not assuming them as well. This is good. This is very good. And I do think identity for a lot of us, and I know my community, Mm. I would say everyone in my community would consider themselves to be a feminist and would be progressive in their their thought processes around their own self-identity. And and I know I personally found it really challenging to go, I'm very independent, I'm strong, I'm bold, and now I'm with this lovely guy and I love him to Oh, just squeeze him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but there is something of going, oh, well, I was on my own and I was pretty strong and I was pretty yeah. tough and now I'm in this duo and it's it's a it's even if you've been together for fifty years, yeah. I think people still go through that process of trying to adjust and that will go on forever. I oh, do definitely. I heard um forgive me, I can't remember the reference, but I heard, read or saw mm-hmm. um someone talking about relationships recently. And in fact I might have even seen them on the gram, excuse me, and I was scrolling, but this was such a <laughs> this really touched me and connected with me where they someone was talking about relationships and they said, you know, you will be married to um say like twenty different people over the course of your one marriage. So the invitation wow. is not to try and keep things the same, but a bit like, you know, layers um, you know, very consciously building up as as our life experiences build up too it's meant to happen there are meant to be changes we're meant to grow together we Mm. won't necessarily grow in the same way and at the same speed and that's where the rub comes in but I the way I look is I would totally I totally reckon um resonate with that Alicia I definitely identify um as a feminist and the way I look at it is that rather than 50 50 Al and I are 100 and 100 coming together to make 200 and that partnership is a big part of my life and I can bring so much to it but it does not have to define me like I define it and that Mm -hmm. was something I had to do quite a lot of thinking about beforehand because um so I haven't changed my name um I don't think Sarah's changed her name either Mm -hmm. um I'm sure my husband would like me to I'm just not comfortable doing it just yet it will you know if we're blessed with children down the line then perhaps I will but it's just understanding like what's important to you when that kind of when that change presents itself too because there shouldn't be any assumptions about how you're going to feel and and what you're going to do as well um because you know Al and I have had a few kind of well who hasn't like hairy conversations over the course of our relationship we've been together 11 years now and um I remember I've had to say to him a few times I will I am not asking for your permission but I demand your support oh that's let's all write that down everyone take a moment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you Good. know that is a really important like that whether you've been together two days and you're gonna have a shotgun wedding or you've been together like you say 50 years I part of my agreement and this wasn't in our vows because <laughs> they weren't exciting but part of my agreement with him and our agreement together which is arguably more important than what was said in front of any legal or religious representative is that I will back him and I will accept him mm-hmm now, I'm not going to kind of like if he takes up some weird kind of like extremist view or, um, you know, want, I'm going to struggle if he wants to climb Everest and that kind of thing. I've watched too many documentaries for that to end well, let me tell you. <laughs> no, but, it's bad. Don't, I don't know why we're all pushing for the Everest thing. It's a shit show and everyone dies. Exactly. Stop the it. end. Exactly. It's, every, and it's very expensive and just stop it. <laughs> but they're struggling. You got it right. Yes. Whether it's character traits, personality traits, I do feel like, I mean, I believe in, I I don't even know if this is a law of karma, but I tend to uh, adopt a rule in my life, which is, it's almost the rule of three. Um, Mm -hmm. If 
I do one good thing, I'll get three good things back. Whether and it may, they may be different size and look different. If I do one bad thing, especially knowingly, like if I'm going to be a bitch, I should expect three times that coming back to me. <laughs> and it just is a way to keep my ego in check and try and be the best human being I can be. <laughs> so of course, with my husband, I'm going to voice my view, mm. and it is for him to pick up off the table or leave there, just like his is with me. Mm. And that's what has built in a lot of space for both of us because we're both very independent. I mean, I could be loads of human beings on planet Earth. It's everyone's relationship will look very different. But again, it's what's made our growth. Oh God, it's so cheesy saying that word, isn't it? But I'm a life coach, so I think I get you a can free do that. Time. You get I'm you, you get I'll ten in a minute as well. Don't worry, I'm I'm, I'm building up for it. Uh, but <laughs> what makes that growth? I'm not going to say necessarily easy all the time, but certainly manageable and expansive, and keeps us going in the same direction is this, like I say, it's like we're never asking each other's permission but demanding that support there. Now, I might not agree with everything he's got to say, but I'll back it anyway. Do yeah. you know and um, obviously not kind of um, without question, like kind of like, um, uh, what's the word? Like, oh, it's not about obeying, but I think I like to come at it. The way I treat him, I treat him the way I want to be treated and I ask the same of him too because sometimes our partners can get the butt of us. Like if, you know, if the tune's been delayed, we're horrible to them, but we speak to our mum or friend 10 minutes later and we're a ray of sunshine. Yes, so absolutely. Really fair. And that's <laughs> how I think creaks can turn into crevasses as well mm-hmm. down the line. I agree. And- I, and Lucy, I feel like we, my husband Rich and I are the same in the sense that I've been in relationships prior where I've yelled, and I'm not a yeller, but there yeah, was a, yeah. this was a, a very junior relationship, which all my listeners will know ended in a cancelled wedding. Oh, Lucy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my behaviour in that relationship is a million times different to how we as adults and, mm. you know, respectfully treat each other in our relationship and I do think you you know you said it that the the high idea that these cracks do can turn in do can turn good into crevasses I'm so excited um and if you start these bad habits it can Mm. easily become the norm and you just don't want that yeah exactly and I think as well because by um if you get married there's the like tacit agreement you're kind of in it for the long haul I know that's not going to work out for everyone and I have zero judgment around that but there is a case of it's like not about like I say it's not about being compliant and obeying but there is a case of picking your battles as well Mm -hmm. because when things do get difficult our partners know that um that it's almost like a red flag I suppose not because well I never say anything but I'm saying something now it's more that you know what like the the wet towel thing let's just that's cool it's fine you know (laughs) the fact that you kind of really like to run on petrol fumes and I get a bit nervous about that we're in the middle of motorway okay you know what we always make it so that's cool too (laughs) and accepting those parts of ourselves too we'll know what our non-negotiables are Mm -hmm. and arguably before there's been the wedding we'll have a view on those non-negotiables whether they are explicit or not but I think in terms of when it comes to when things do feel tricky or we are we're not feeling great whether that's um post-wedding two weeks or way down the line we sometimes especially those of us that identify as women we can sometimes um think that we're being a bit emotional or we're being um you know unhelpful and we're not being rational like it's a bad thing and something that's really worked for me and I'll just share this in case it works for anyone else is that when I when I don't feel myself or I'm upset, just use really plain language, when I'm mm-hmm. upset, 
I find it difficult to make good decisions to like love my husband as much in a way that I want to and receive love as well and it it can feel painful like it can feel like emotions can feel pain so when I wanted to share something with him or ask something of him or, or needed something to change the way I've approached it is this it's kind of not like sending you an email saying hi at three o'clock we meet in the kitchen <laughs> you're like my mother-in-law or whatever it is or you know there's Al and I um my husband and I were both self-employed so that can lead to a lot of assumptions and it's really easy to take each other for granted and we can you know sometimes feel like ships that pass in the night ultimately which isn't ideal but I have to accept that too because sometimes I need to not be I sometimes my work isn't that predictable too Mm. but I've often you know when it's come to a point where I felt like I haven't really seen you I don't feel like connected and also I didn't sign up for this I've said you know I want to share with you my feelings about how I'm kind of picking up on this. And I'm not saying they are the facts, but they are just as important. And that for me takes away, especially, forgive me being a bit boring, traditional and stereotypical, but if we think about traditional gender roles, which I know in today's age, thankfully, are a lot more fluid, but whatever, whoever's having that kind of yang or masculine energy um not necessarily gender but masculine energy in the Mm. relationship that can sometimes come with a really great big dollop of rationality which is brilliant because where would we be without it like truly we need yeah exactly but that's what might say my husband actually is a google analyst so he's very numbers very rational whereas you know we're like chalk and cheese in terms of profession but anyway it works (laughs) but um that's why i have to kind of say that to him because i don't need my feelings explained to me because i'm smart i know how i feel and i'm Mm. intelligent woman and so I don't need my feelings explained to me. What I need is him to hear the effect they're having on me because that affects him and it's affecting my my perspective and it's affecting my opinion of him, which is affecting our marriage. And he's in that too, and that's important. So if you are kind of feeling like I'm having this come down feeling or there's comparison creeping in, it's okay to speak to your partner and have that conversation, which is, I know this might sound a bit serious, but I do need to talk about it. And, and, they, not- and they might be feeling the same yeah. way too. Oh, I, invariably. I bet they are. But they're kind of feeling like, oh, we have to just get on with things now. We've had our turn. Yes. Whereas actually this could be a really great assignment in, oh, here's our like, you know, 3.0 approach to communication. Now we're married. And it doesn't have to be, I just keep going back to this thought of going, I think a lot of people just go, we're married now and we'll just continue with our life. And and you're just like actually hold the hold the phone that is that is not we're not living in fairy tale we are fucking all very aware in 2019 we are not living in fairy tale land we're all just doing our best but it it can be really challenging now lucy i want to come back to this after the break i must head to a quick break but uh after the break so much more to say hope you're all right to stick around because i'm sure i'm not moving thriving in your company um (laughs) I want to talk about negative thoughts, especially when it comes to memories and how that can overwhelm you when actually you might have had a shit hot day, as we'd say in Mm. Australia, but something happened that has has just shrouded you in bad feelings Mm. when actually you need to chip that away and have a good time. And then also the I'd love to just hit on this pressure and expectation, especially about having kids and making big changes in your life. Uh, so much to say. Lucy Sheridan, uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting with you again in but a short minute. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. We have the lovely Lucy, Sh- Lucy Sheridan. I was so excited to say your name. I just went through it really quickly. <laughs> it's okay. It's just nice having – I have lots of lovely guests, but this is a topic that I'm just like, whoa, whoa. I just <laughs> feel it. 
feel it. Uh, <laughs> this episode came from uh, the inspiration lovely Abigail wrote in our Chiller Grads group. If you are married and you're still listening to the show, well done, but also mm-hmm. join that Facebook group, please. Um, but she was sort of talking about just talk, us sharing some more information about the issues after wedding. Now, it's commonly labelled as the post-wedding blues, and I, yeah, feel, I said yeah. it like that because I feel like it's been like the shitty term bridezilla. It's sort mm-hmm. of been pushed into this really basic way yeah. to describe a whole lot of things. Yeah. And it's like, oh, women just feel the post-wedding blues because they're not organising a party anymore. And it's like, actually, let's, yeah, stop, so let's stop it. So negativity, one of the lovely posts that responses to the post came from Anya and she sort of said that she sees this sort of, she's having a bit of a sad phase after the wedding but also struggling Mm -hmm. with negative emotions and the sort of aftermath of anxiety that she Mm -hmm. felt during planning and thinking about how probably focusing a little bit on things that didn't go the way she expected on the day and now that's sort of overwhelming her. I think this is quite a common thing, like not even to do with weddings, just in life really. Yeah, it it really is because, I mean, that to me says that Anya and those of us that experience that too are careful, as in care, F-U-L-L, careful, to such a point where we wish we could get in a time machine and go back and make sure that charger plate was different or that, you know, you'd order an extra portaloo or whatever it was, Um, or right through to maybe how you handled a conversation with a difficult family member. Mm. These things can boomerang around us in our thoughts. Something which I know to be very powerful, because I do it regularly myself, and I also guide clients with this too, is to maybe carve out, say, half an hour for yourself. And nobody has to know you're doing this, by the way, Anya and others. This is something you're going to do for yourself. But carve out, say, half an hour for yourself. And you might want to put on some lovely music. Like, for example, um, I work a lot to the spa music playlist on Spotify. Fantastic. I'm going to look, look that up right now. So deeply relaxing, Ooh. but so good for concentration. But it also, you know, it lets you do what you've got to do. And then I would light a candle and get a pen and paper. And I would write a letter to yourself, releasing these boomerang thoughts and boomerang feelings from you so it might be something like um dear Anya I'm speaking to you today to give you permission to release x y and z and even though you feel like this and you can collect them your emotions Mm -hmm. you know the benefit of releasing these will be and then collect your emotions so for example let me give you a, a, like a quick um, theoretical, and I'm going to pull this from the air. So excuse me if I stumble a little Please, bit. Please, you're doing Let's so say, well. Um, if Anya says, you know, Anya, I'm writing to you today to give you permission to release the fact you snapped at your cousin at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Even though you feel guilty and it's brought up stuff from your past, the benefit of you releasing this right now is that you have the opportunity to go to her apologize and heal any of those harsh words showing up as the best cousin you can possibly be Mm. as you go into this new chapter of your life that's very nice and And also the 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 relief when you allow yourself to get over something for me anyway it's it's pretty amazing it's so amazing and if you can once you've completed that if you can read it back to yourself and then burn it somewhere safely I would say that's even best thing to do and just to build on what you said there Leash 
we sometimes feel like if we're, we're not feeling great, if there are negative thoughts, that we have to then try and get into the world of possibility. And then we can we can picture, we see people on Instagram that are metaphorically speaking, kind of like punching the air and skipping through a meadow naked and life's amazing and there's unicorns oh. everywhere, right? Oh. I mean, that's great. That is like, could be like the opposite of how we're feeling. But don't forget, like neutrality is sexy. If you can go from being hung up on it to just not thinking about it that much anymore, to then going to not thinking about it at all for a little while, to then it revisiting you in a year's time and like, oh, hold on, that's gone now. That's brilliant. That's powerful. Yeah, so powerful. Because what that means is that you are releasing it, you are getting over it, you're growing through it as well. There are lots of, there are techniques you can use relating to NLP, um, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and um, uh, CB is that cb what cbt excuse me oh yeah cbt therapy so there are specialists that can provide you with you know almost like well psychological help and support to make those switches switch indeed if they Mm. are becoming a little bit overwhelming for you and i highly highly recommend both of those things they're such great helpful um, resources we can then take with us from there but even getting to a point of focusing on i just want to not feel so bad about this that's okay that's okay. You deserve more. And I want you to feel brilliant and at peace and calm about it. But while that's a place to get to, even feeling 5% better is a massive milestone on your way to it being healed ultimately. Yeah. Inch by inch. Yes, exactly. That's how the magic happens. Yeah. I still have moments. I'm, I'm a pretty... I would say a good person at shedding shit and I'm good at moving on emotionally, but there are probably three or four moments in my life that sometimes come back. And it's usually to do with me because I'm, I would say I'm a loud mouth, but I'm controlled. And I think if if I'm in a moment of opportunity or I meet someone that I respect, you know, and you say something stupid or you're like, you perceive it to be stupid and they probably would have never thought about it ever again. But, um, I, I've been thinking there's a couple of moments that I haven't thought about for a year or something and then it'll pop up and I'm like, Ugh. it'll still give you that moment of like, oh, in 1992, oh, you said, oh my God, I can feel that. You know, you mentioning that and I bet everyone listening will have their own thing. I can feel that in my body on your behalf. I can really, I've so been there. And you have to almost shake yourself and go, oh. Yeah, and, and, and I think the message that I keep coming back to, and, and Lucy, I'm we've got a thing in our group uh, called the Fuck It Bucket. And <laughs> I saw that and you know. It's it's great. So it's if for new listeners to this show, uh, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to the original episode. But it, it came from a Reddit thread that people were saying, "What are we going to put in the fuck it bucket?" And I know people use the fuck it bucket in lots of areas of their life, but it's really empowered a lot of our listeners and mm. members of our community. And I'm now writing a fuck it bucket book, just a general oh, book. Magic, and it's been. In, like it's like self therapy, Lucy, and mm, I mm. would love to share some of it with you because I would oh, love, love your feedback. But one of the things I sort of been talking about is dwelling on things that you've said to other people that they mm. would never have ever even it wouldn't have even clocked it for yes. them. Yeah, totally. And I think that's such when you think about it that way and just writing about it actually has helped me in my own way. Writing like an Anya letter has in, yeah. in writing it and going. This guy would never have fucking ever thought about me again after yeah. that two seconds of him rolling his eyes at me, which was annoying anyway, and yeah. making me feel quite bad in literally in 1999. And just mm. get over it, Alicia. It's not yeah. affecting you. So fuck a bucket, I say. I love that. Put that, yeah, put it in the fuck it bucket one million percent. And yes. and 
and be conscious when you start taking it out of the fuck it bucket again. Yes. You know, exactly. And if there are those things that are persistent and that do keep revisiting you, it's okay to get a bit of help. See a coach. See, like, I've had therapy. I'll have therapy again in my oh, life. I love I therapy. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I would be today. It's like if all like the megastars and successful people have a therapist, like, some, like get a therapist. <laughs> like, I know it's not necessarily accessible for everyone, but there's lots of different options to it. But if there are things that just won't go away, you – you're too special, unique, and precious to have to go into your old age with that stuff. Yeah, don't you just be, are. It's not, and it's our very. I think you so right. Like our parents' age, I think a lot mm. of um, baby boomers carry a lot of shit with them that they could have just gotten rid of yeah, and been agree. better people for themselves and their families if they had dealt with it. And yeah. as you said, it's accessible. We, we can talk to look at us talking on the interwebs right now there are people that you can coaches you can work with that you don't have to go and spend hundreds of dollars or pounds to go and see them everywhere you can you can make it but you have to make that happen yourself yeah and getting um support from like what's interesting about getting married or just growing up and read label growing up whatever you need it'll be different for each of us but you know we joke about adulting etc is that there will be I had this great expression which has been a real compass thought for me over my life um and it was I heard Iyanla Van Zant say it and she's kind of like a spiritual psychological oh she's god um writer (laughs) and I think she was on Oprah or something like that she said as were you by the way oh just cash (laughs) 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 but she said people come into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime and some of your mates now may not be able to relate or support you in the way you need now and so that's okay to either just speak to a couple of chosen people or make new friends and like just keep it to like a you know speak to a couple of people in like a a whatsapp side chat as opposed to the 20 people from like your school group Mm. it's it's we can people often well pretty much always want to help and support you they always always do but they can't sometimes you know it's like I'm an entrepreneur I've got a couple of wicked mates that like one of them's a midwife she saves lives most days I'm not gonna go <laughs> oh god babe I think I've lost 100 people on Instagram she'll be like what are you talking about and and and, and please leave immediately is the second point <laughs> you know? so I'm not gonna ask that of her but I know you know with personal stuff emotional stuff she's totally there for me and it's about like our invitation as we grow up, no matter what our age is, is to keep seeking out people that can bring something to our lives. So, and we can equally fill the space in their lives too. Mm-hmm. I, I had this, like, it was a myth really, Leash, that I thought once you got to 30, that was it. You've got your mates and like everyone's on the bus now. So like close the bus door. <laughs> yeah. We're all- um, yeah, exactly. So I'll be 36 this year, 2019. And I have over the last couple of years, Sarah's one of them actually, I've made some really fucking good friends. Mm. You know, and I'm not going to put a time limit or pressure on it or say, you know, we'll be together, like, you know, friends till we're old ladies. I certainly hope we are. But it's, the thing about life stages, you know, friends that aren't married, they feel like they can't connect with you. You can't connect with them anymore for whatever reason because you've been through something and they haven't, just like they've been through things and you haven't as well. But it's about don't be afraid to seek out new support groups, whether it's even sliding into someone's DMs on Instagram saying, you don't know me, but I really loved what you said there. I've been feeling it too. Have a great day. Oh, that's great. That's how some of, like my, that's how some of um, my conversations with my now best mates started. Wow. That's great. I'm so happy you said that because I recently had a bit of a, a, um, a bit of a lovely experience with a, an yeah. old friend who had 
we'd had a we hadn't had a falling out we just sort of became distant and yeah, I moved yeah. moved countries and she then has now gone through is going through a divorce mm. and she messaged I'd put something up on um my face my personal yeah. Facebook page and I never really share anything and um we just put a book out and I was pretty excited I was like you know what I never talk about any sort of yeah. personal achievement post something and just say here's what we've been doing for the past four years and mm. why you might not have seen us all and she <laughs> because we're hermits that just make books <laughs> but she posted a lovely little comment and it made me, it triggered something in me to go, mm. I'm going to write to her because I know she's going through a time that's not mm. great and I miss her. And yeah. we ended up having this like three-hour video chat and I realised exactly what you just said, that there are there are times that we didn't need each other or we didn't perceive yeah. to need each other and we clicked back into this old chat and she was one of my bridesmaids. So, I mean, we were, yeah. you know, yeah. it's tight. But she was so honest, and I'm, I so respect her for saying, mm. "Oh, I was pregnant, and I didn't, I didn't think you were that into having babies, yeah. and I felt like I wasn't being supported by you." But now I realised you were trying, and I was yeah. deflecting. Like her honesty was, it wow. really touched that me, is, Lucy. That is um, really like grown up, you know. Like yes, that's, exactly. That's big stuff to say, you know, like I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect. But yeah. I'll take responsibility only. For my imperfections because I think it's important to say as well when things do drift or they go they just yeah like you said they just there's a distance that comes there it takes two people to participate in that it does and that's like not you might be listening I don't like what you're saying there because I've tried texting her I tried eight months ago I text her and it's like well that sounds like you know you're holding a grudge you've got to be careful about that that will like beat up your insides you're too good for that but it does take a couple of people to participate in it so Arguably, the pressure's off both of you. Mm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it mean you won't. You know, it doesn't mean withholding support, withholding love. Far from it. Um, but don't beat yourself up that like, oh, you know, we lost touch. Like, yes, we both of us did. And sometimes that's okay. There can be zero blame around this. And then when there is that moment of reconnection, it doesn't have to be kind of like, oh, you know, sleep over time and stuff because we're all no. in our now. Yep. But that was a really. It sounds like a really healing exchange there, which was really like, you know what? I see you. Yeah. And really, that's what each, that's all each, each of us want in our life is just have someone say, you know what, I see you. I'm not going to question it. I don't need to jump in with my own anecdote. I don't need to ex- have you explain more. I just see you. I accept yep. you. And to listen. And I think, you know, our big conversation and I, I really appreciated her being able to, because I knew her husband. I still know her yeah. husband. He's still around. But they're ex- exes and just being able to listen and have the comparison of when uh, yeah. she was married and now she's not I I just feel like it's there's an ego part of it as well where you have to let some of that shit go that you've as you said that you go oh just lose just shake it out yeah yeah great advice yeah shake it out (laughs) don't hold things in it's not good for you I'd love to leave our conversation with a little bit of advice from you about your about your niche, wonderful niche topic of comparison. Because I know we're early in the year. I've probably got lots of lovely new listeners who are just starting their wedding planning journey and are probably listening to our conversation, going, "Oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's all going to be fine." And you go, "Great, good luck with that." But also that they are probably you know, starting the Pinterest boards and going mm. on Instagram and friends are giving them advice and what, you know, there's a lot of stuff, as we said before. What are some 
I know this is wrapping your whole expertise up into a couple of points, but what are some key things we can all remind ourselves today about comparison? And and I just want to say my favourite saying is comparison is the thief of joy. And oh, I, God, yes, I, so good. I play that back when I'm looking at someone skinny or fucking mm. has better clothes than me or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I sometimes go, Alicia, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, gosh, yeah. Look at your husband. Look at your yeah. life. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think when we do get trapped in comparison, look, this is an interesting one because comparison ultimately, when we have that feeling and the emotions that come with it, it's trying to tell us something. It mm. doesn't want to be the scary monster from under the bed. It's trying to reveal something. It's trying to show us um, what's available to us as well. And so it's really easy to have a bitchy leak and like, you know, slag someone off or just feel jealous and feel envious and then go off and you know do do something different angrily whatever it is yes and then when you sit again you're triggered again but the biggest invitation is to think huh okay I'm smart I'm getting this trigger I'm not making this up so what can what is this ultimately trying to tell me so mm. for example if you're seeing um someone continue with their wellness journey say way after the wedding and they're keeping up with the gym and whatnot that kind of thing and you um feel like you're unraveling a little bit yep. it's like okay well what does that mean about my sense of self and my health maybe I do need to make time to meditate in the morning maybe I do need to actually be able to get to one yoga class a week or whatever it is it's going to you in your own lane working towards your own vision relating to that um, and, and I think something that, which is really powerful, I'm going to quote this because um, my friend who's a coach, Corinne Worsley, was the one that originally um, shared this with me. And it was like the sound of a thousand pennies dropping. <laughs> if you see someone that's got what you that's got what you want, whether it's a feeling or a thing or an experience like, you know, just um, I remember kind of like a little while ago, I saw someone um, tagging themselves in the Maldives saying back in my happy place. I'm like, oh, my what God, are you doing? going to the Maldives more than once, you bitch. <laughs> I'm like, you're 28 years old. You have no business being in the Maldives more than one, for God's sake. Um, but anyway, this is not my therapy session. Um, but you see someone that, like I say, is living what you want, experiencing what you want, being who you want, ultimately your future self wants to be. It's about looking at them. And if you can, point your finger and say the words and say, good for you and the same for me. Good for yes. you and the same for me. And when Corinne said this to me, I was so delighted because it was like I could see in Technicolor in a different way. And I started almost analyzing why that was so powerful. And the reason it was so powerful is that what I understand is that you can't be positive and supporting yourself and someone else and also be down on yourself too. It's like your system has to over, over your system has to lead with one message and one has to override the other. And luckily, and in a very empowered way, that will mean that you'll bat for yourself. So instead of seeing a comparison trigger and thinking, oh, that's another example of what I can't have and what never happened to me. It's like, hold on a second. Good for you. I'm the same for me. I want you to have yours, boo. And I'm going to have mine as well. And I'm going to stay in my own lane until I make it happen for myself. It might be next week. It might be next year. It might be something which is a five-year-long anecdote. But I'm going to do it for me. And the idea of not feeling happy for your friends when they're successful, mm. I feel like, again, goes back to ego and exactly yeah. what you just summed up, the idea of just being able to go, what am I doing? What can I do? Rather yeah. than go, oh, I hate them because they've got the job, they've got the extra money. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it eats you up and it's not good. It does. And the, the thing is, it's like it's totally natural as well to feel like that. I get stings a bit too like for me my comparison free like mission and that hashtag it's an aim for point 
I would say I'm like 80% free from comparison. It's still like a 20%, which is like, you know, tendrils of weeds around my ankles. And every day I'm trying to cut away at them to be the person I'm here to be and not affected by all that shit. Um, but what I'd say is, when you do feel that moment, especially with friends, because who wants to be that person? Yeah. I, mean, I want to be supporting my friends all the time, but I don't always get it right. But a word of advice on that, which I find works really well for me, is that let it run through your system. So, for example, it maybe doesn't apply so much in the modern day, but, you know, with our parents, and, like, if they put the wrong petrol in their car and they realise, oh, God, the first thing would be, like, do not turn on the engine. Yeah. And yet if you did, you've got to like, well, obviously call the roadside assistant, but also you've got to let it run through the whole system of the car itself. And that's why I invite you to do next time you see a post or you hear an anecdote and you kind of leave the pub like, fuck's sake, can she just take a day off being amazing? Do you know, <laughs> um, It's about allowing yourself to feel it, feel it all the walk home, feel it all the, you know, the way through making dinner, let it run through your system because what you'll find what you'll find is that it will ease and it will cool. So for me, it feels like when I feel comparison, I feel like comparison trigger, whether it's a close friend and I just can't quite get behind them because my stuff is in a funk, or it's maybe someone I idolize on the internet and kind of have under surveillance, but they have zero idea who I am. There's loads of those, by the way. But again, <laughs> perfect. But for me, it reminds me a little bit of the feeling um, of what it might feel like if you, you know, like on National Geographic documentary programs, and it's like a hot, smelly sulfur water geyser in Iceland or somewhere like that. This boiling, volcanically heated water comes up, spurts up a million feet in the air, and then it comes down, it stinks, and it's hot. That's what my comparison feels like it's in my body. It starts at the bowl of my stomach, works up through my ribs, into my shoulders, then I feel the heat swarm my face. So like, you know, people say like, you know, seeing red. Mm. That's what it feels like for me. I would, I would use that to describe comparison more than anger for me personally. So what I do is I put my hands on my belly and I put two fingers on my pulse and I, and I breathe really big, deep belly breaths because then the adrenaline soothes itself out of my system and then I can think clearly. And what happens is the more you do that is the more the, the more you will reduce the intensity of the comparison and you'll also spread out the occurrences of it in the first place. And as you know, comparison is like a primal code in our programming. Like I say, I'm the comparison coach and I still compare myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be a guru on the mountaintop. But what I do know now is when I experience comparison, there's something I can do about it. And before I kind of get onto my um, to-do list about that, I let it run through my system I let it run through my system just so it can do what it's got to do. A bit like, you know, when you pour wax on your skin, you let it cool and it's done like that. Mm -hmm. And then you just get on with your life. And then what I found is over the years and over the months now, my comparisonitis bites me once every nine or 10 months or so. And in the middle of that, I'm just going along my life, either not caring what the people are doing or not bothered by it. And like I say, back to neutrality. That's really sexy for me as someone who's had their life really affected by comparison for years and years. We want to be neutral. I like that so much. And I think yeah. we can all just breathe, as you said, yeah. aware, be acknowledged, be aware. Don't let yeah. it get you down. But now you've got coping mechanisms that yes. lovely Lucy has provided you today. <laughs> so let's all go away and not get shitty about a friend in the Maldives, although fuck her for being in the Maldives <laughs> twice. No. Sorry, but I think we can all agree. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the middle finger analogy. Oh. Or nah, emoji, nah, whatever. But uh, besides that, girl, we can all move on. But let's just be mindful and thoughtful and just be good to ourselves. That's the yeah, most cliche okay. ending to I want to say to a fabulous episode. But we've all got to fucking look after ourselves. Yeah, amen, sis.
Now, Lucy, um, you're a goddess. Where can we learn more about what you do? And if people want to work with you more importantly, can they do that? How can they do that? Yeah, well, I suppose, and we talked a bit about the social media, the best place is the gram. So I'm yes. at Lucy Sheridan. If you look at the comparison free hashtag, you'll find me there. And um, the reason why I want to share that is because I'm posting every day, often twice a day, and I'm on stories a lot, sharing yeah topical advice on all things life but with very much a bias of comparison how you can stay in your own lane um there are a couple of different ways you can work with me um and lots of those are available kind of like through my website which is proofcoaching.com um at the moment there's a pause on one-to-one clients because I'm at capacity but if you want to work with me one-on-one um bob your name on the waiting list and I'll contact you personally in the next um eight weeks or so um and then something that have been a real hit this year which I kind of feel like uh, really exciting that's something I've started in the last year or so excuse me is my comparison free classrooms and they're kind of like once a month or once every couple of months and I'll take on a topic and do a two-hour workshop on it and it's Ooh, part great. coaching it's part lecture it's a lot of people you as a guest taking away what you need so the topic so far has been comparison living comparison free the essentials I'll be doing that again soon um self-worth and inner strength then there's been um focus and follow through and there's also been one called more peace please but they are very topical and they're a way to kind of come together with like-minded people but also give yourself a big old drink from the love the love bucket not the fucking oh. <laughs> you want the love bucket and the fucker bucket combined, but they're for different things. There's lots of buckets. <laughs> um, Lucy, you've been such a, it's, it's been a pleasure. You're a pleasure. And um, just like Sarah Powell, I feel just connected with you. And I do love your Instagram. And what's your beautiful puppy's name? Oh, Monroe. Oh, Monroe. Yeah. How do I forget Monroe's yeah. name? Oh, she's asleep next to me now actually I think she's been such a good girl I was like I've tried to make it as quiet as possible I kept on putting her out she kept on finding a way back in I was like I had to have a word with her saying I'm not allowed to have any noise on this row <laughs> so it was very clear but she's asleep bless her well so send her my love and I will. Uh, I'm so grateful and please let's catch up again soon and yeah, thank you sure. so much for this time and I always end my shows by wishing everyone and you Lucy happy days Oh, happy days. Thank you. Ditto. (laughs) The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? 